Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way. Love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my perennially charming daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Lauren, is perennially a word? think so. I'm stuck on the meaning, though. I feel like it means every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, so, but uh, I, I guess I yeah, I was thinking of it more like something that comes up all the time every year. It's it's never it's it's like you never go away. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I was thinking that there are parts of the year where I'm dormant and not lovely at all, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Depends on your perception, I suppose. All right. So you're not perennial. That was not a good choice of words. Am I an annual? Hmm. Nah, that's, yeah. that's too short of a season. We'll come <laughs> up with something. Okay. So go ahead. Did you, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to uh, oh, okay. reinforce that I never go away. <laughs> okay. So today we're talking about something that is kind of uh, interesting and that's impatience mm. and it's something that we all experience so let me ask you uh, learn if you would imagine for example that you're in a traffic jam or how about you're in a supermarket and you're standing in line and the person in front of you pulls out a handful of coupons and half of them are outdated and he or she has to call the manager and the manager comes and oh, I'm sorry sir but this coupon is out of date and, and or you're in the middle of a root canal or when was the last time you enjoyed a slow Internet connection mm. or, or learn in your case, a slow elevator. Oh. Talking about these just bring up some impatience in you. Yeah, it does. It does. It's like ugh, such a pet peeve. <laughs> How would you describe the feeling that you feel when you're impatient? I think it's like a very intense irritation. Mm. Yeah. Well, not everyone is impatient, but everyone is impatient to some degree, right? I don't think anyone really is totally not impatient. Would you agree with that? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, I think our culture recently has lent itself to impatient people, which really Mm -hmm. is no fault of our own. We kind of, you know, expect things to happen quickly. And for the most part, they really do. Like you get a package delivered the next day, you can get a a video downloaded on demand in seconds. Um, So we're kind of used to things being done quickly. Yeah, that's a great point that that we we have accelerated, you know, our world to such an extent that we we have an expectation of immediacy. And I guess I guess what that does is it, it, it promotes less tolerance for those frustrations that cause impatience. So there's there's good impatience, and that's when rationally we we feel that the cost of reaching our goal is just not worthwhile. Mm. And then there's bad impatience, like just you know abandoning something irrationally just because of that frustration. It's an interesting concept, frustration. Yeah, it is. Well, frustration isn't what we're talking about. 
impatience, not frustration. Well, it's kind of linked very closely. Did you ever hear the song The Gambler by Kenny Rogers? Yes, I love that song. I mean, you've got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, know when to walk away. and Know, know when, when to, run. to run. I mean, there's, there, that's the essence of good, good and bad impatience right there. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> you, don't, you don't strike me as an impatient person, but I know, I know you like results. And <laughs> I, know, I know that you are patient when it comes to maybe longer term projects like this, your, your whole venture into, go ahead and help me out, learning. Oh, self-studios learning? <laughs> every week, every week, I forget. So it's really, you can call it self-studios, like that's, that's really the shortened version so that you don't get confused. Yeah, self-studios learning. Uh, let's use that as an example. Now that, that was a project that really required not only weeks, but months of thought and preparation and adherence to, you know, really pursuing your goal. So how did you ward off impatience or did you have to ward off impatience to get to your goal? So I think that for me and maybe for most people, that project was almost completely in my control. And so all of the steps that needed to be taken were things that I could do and schedule and, you know, make sure that I completed so that everything could, could begin months later. But when it comes to projects that <laughs> are not in my control and I have to rely on others to do what they say they're going to do, uh, and sometimes that doesn't get done in the time frame that you're mm -hmm. expecting, that's where I have a really hard time controlling my expectations and my patience well you really are becoming my favorite daughter i must say oh great since you don't have another one <laughs> but but you bring up that word that you know i always cling to and that's the the concept of control and and i think you hit the nail on the head with that one and that's that uh, when we feel out of control you know that's when we start to get frustrated and impatient and when we feel in control just as you say that's when the frustration is low and the ambition is high and we tend to we tend to do well and and i think uh, self studios learning for you that that project has been a labor of love and low frustration because for any frustration was was seen as a cost worth paying mm. right very true yeah Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, what you said earlier, I just want to come back to it. I, I think that was such, such a poignant thing when you were talking about our culture. You know, we have so many, you know, with the movies and the Amazon and the books and the and parties we go to and smartphones and Facebook and all that millennial stuff that has just corrupted our society. No, no offense there. I'm just <laughs> None taken. talking facetiously. But, but when we have all these better things to do, we are less likely to be in that line at the grocery store and just saying, eh, I don't need to get back to that email or I don't need to get, well, you have your phone. So there you go. Forgot about that. Yeah, actually, just yesterday, I was at a doctor's appointment and I was waiting in the waiting room and their system was backed up, something with the computer. And so they had patients that had been waiting now for, you know, up to an hour or so. So the waiting room was full and I knew I was either, either I needed to leave or I needed to be patient. And I kind of looked around and, you know, everybody was sort of like tapping their leg and engrossed in their phone. <laughs> and it just made me realize like we, you know, we really do use distraction to sort of offset the feelings of impatience because mm. we're not used to it. Yeah. 
Well, I was at uh, a grocery store yesterday, and it's one of these grocery stores that has like five or six or seven cashiers, and they put the little lights on when when the cashier is open and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I'm not usually this impatient, but sometimes I am, and I, I, I forgot where I had to go or what I had to do, but I didn't have that much time. So I'm standing in the one line and the person in front of me has a basket full of stuff, which didn't make me happy. <laughs> and the other line had an equally uh, packaged, you know, uh, cart filled with, with stuff. So I'm standing in the line and I'm starting to seethe a bit because my line isn't moving. And the other line seems to be moving. So I switch lines. I make this big decision because now my my impatience is bubbling up. Oh no! And Karma's going to get you. It did, and it bit me. Oh, did it bite ha. me? In a bad place. And now I'm at this other line, and the person has a complaint that required the manager manager to cash register form. <laughs> and I'm looking at the line that I was in, and the person not only behind me, but the person behind that person has just whizzed through. So sometimes, you know, you, you you make a decision and out of frustration, but you have to kind of think it through. You know, before we go on, I want to play a, a little song because I think it really captures the flavor of today. It's a cute song. It's from 1965. Wow. That's so contemporary. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad I was 50, only 56 years old. You know, I, I do that because I know that you get a little bit uh, you know, miffed about my going back to the 20s and the 30s. So I, I thought maybe something a little more contemporary. Just for you. Excellent. Ready? Here we go. So do you think that, you know, that's kind of me standing in line at the grocery store or what? <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm, mm, tired of waiting. Man. Tired mm. of waiting. I mean, I, I still am very susceptible. Maybe you are too. Maybe everyone is. I don't know. But when do you ever have a situation where you're talking to someone and that someone has a tendency, and let me give you an idea of what the tendency is I'm thinking of. Hi, Lauren. Uh, I put on my socks today. First, I put on the left sock, and then mm. I put on the right sock, and and then I took my socks off because I felt it was a little too warm. And then I decided, gee, I don't want. To. So they go on and yeah, on. Yeah, I'm having a hard time even on. listening to your example. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> well, but you see, there there are certain situations. I, I, I guess there are people that would love to hear about the socks, right? I mean, would I? No, are there? <laughs> uh, if there's anyone out there that can really enjoy a mundane discussion that never goes anywhere <laughs> and takes a few days to unfold, please, I would love to hear from you. Mm, me yeah. too. Yeah, because me we have so too. much, so much, you know, fun things we could be doing. The better, better use of our time. That's a big part of uh, impatience. 
the concept pops in our, into our mind, like me at the grocery store. I could be using this time to really prepare for this podcast instead of winging it today as I'm yeah. doing. Really just don't have time for patience. <laughs> I don't have time to be patient. <laughs> as a as a teacher in school, I you know, the first week or so, I always learned that it's really important to actually establish a culture of patience because especially for kids, I mean, they're growing up in this world, again, with instant gratification, uh, which a lot of us as children did not experience to the same degree as these kids now with all the technology and the video games and the um, onslaught of stimulus. And so when they get to school, you know, they're expecting that same sort of overwhelming stimulus. And I think that when they learn that sometimes they just have to wait and not necessarily be doing something every second. It, it, it's a difficult transition for them, but it actually, you know, it, it establishes a culture of like, this is a different way of doing things. And there's value in the pause. There's value in waiting and just being with yourself in between moments. Get to the point. Get to the point. Don't you get it? Being impatient. No, I'm just kidding. I know you're being impatient. <laughs> Would you say I'm an impatient kind of person? I don't think so. I think only what you mentioned earlier. So you don't like to waste your time on things that aren't fulfilling, yeah. which I agree. You I know, think small talk is even something that makes me feel impatient. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tell me if you're if you're similar. Uh, like I know you and I both get into projects and writing things and and chapters and all that kind of stuff. So when you're you have a project that is going to take at least a few hours to kind of tackle, or maybe longer. I find for me, and maybe this is impossible for you, I'm sure it is, that I, I like to turn off my phones, get rid of any email, anything notifying me of someone trying to reach me. All those things are important to take away the thing that might grab me and say, hey, this sounds better. Do this instead of what you're doing. So I take away those distractions. And, and I really kind of focus my attention and reduce the stimuli in my environment. And that really helps me stay patient. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I know this is shocking information from a millennial, but I, I do I think, like to get in the zone as well. I think you're lying. I don't you think do? you ever turn off that text thing, what you do. I don't. Oh, my gosh. Do you ever I, really? Come on, seriously. I mean, do I turn it off? No. <laughs> so in other words, what you're saying is uh, it's always there, but I, I, what, I try not to look at it? Well, no, I can put on like the do not disturb, but I'm not going to turn it off. I mean, that would just be crazy. Oh, there's a do not disturb? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there is. Now you tell me. Yeah, you can even set it where it says do not disturb except for, and you could pick like a couple people that you would let come through. Yeah, you know, I always get criticized for never, ever having my phone with me. I know. Now, now I could have my phone with me. I didn't know you had a do not disturb. You could, but there's no purpose in having your phone with you if it's always <laughs> going to be on do not disturb. <laughs> well, it, I guess it would show if someone were trying to get me, right? I suppose. Well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> I'm sure people are getting impatient with our phone conversation. So are we in agreement that when, when one has to do a focused kind of project that we should make a rule with ourselves that we won't check the emails and the Facebook and the Instagram until we've completed the task. Is that a good rule? I guess. Are, are you saying crickets, that? that Crickets. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think some people work well with like intervals. 
Yes. No, no, I'm not saying that. And you're right. Uh, there, there can be cycles of patience within patients, and then we do something else to kind of, you know, fortify that need for stimulation, then come back to the, the dreary project. No, but I'm saying as a general rule, if, if, you, if you say you have to do, you're going to work for an hour, mm-hmm. isn't it a good idea not to check anything, but to commit yourself to that hour? Sure. I'm just, I'm just trying to connect that to patience. So you're saying if you're not distracted, you're more likely to have patience for a project. I'm saying in order to foster patience. Oh, I see. I'm saying you you make a decision with yourself that, you know, I'm not going to allow distractions because what would happen if I, if I'm doing a project I don't like, and if, if I don't have my little rule to eliminate distractions, then anything that comes along, I'm going to just gravitate toward that because I'd rather be doing anything than what I'm doing. So when I make my rule, I'm going to do this for an hour, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I eliminate the distractions. I'm more likely to complete that task for one hour than if I allow myself the luxury of watching an email you know, crop up or something like that. Okay. I, that, that makes sense. Yeah? Or I'm on just, board. You're just saying that. No, I'm on board. I was just trying to make the connection between patience and distraction, but it makes sense. But there is a caveat, right? And sometimes sometimes there are better uses of our time and impatience saves us from just slogging along when maybe we should be letting go. How about that? The contrast there. Hmm. I mean, don't you think at some point that your impatience would save you from just going on and on when in fact something is really not good for you. Sure. I guess that could be one way it can be helpful. <laughs> like this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. How can we better use our time today than doing this? <laughs> I don't think there's a better way in the world. I think what we're doing right now is the cat's meow. Well, I'd also like to make it. What, what, did you want to do that again? Well, cat you, noise? I was so impressed with last week's podcast when you said you liked my duck sound, that it was your favorite. Right. So now you're going to keep making animal noises. Well, I'm, I'm just hunting for more compliments. Well, it wasn't bad. Okay. Not bad. Oh, I would like to make a distinction between the process or the word. Wait, let me try that again. I would like to make a distinction between the idea of waiting versus patience because I think they're two really different things Mm. and waiting I've come to realize involves like a lot of anticipation it's like we want to trade in this moment for the next one and we don't actually want what's happening right now because we know something else is coming and it's like we're waiting for that next thing and we're resisting what is right now Mm. and that resistance actually causes suffering at on some level so waiting is like a very uncomfortable feeling and that's why we say like i'm waiting online i'm waiting in traffic it's like that feeling of anticipation i need to get to the other side of the line i need to get where i'm going i need this to be over so the next thing can start and patience is more i think patience is equivalent to presence if you are truly present you're patient and and there's actually peace in that it's like attention to what's happening in the here and now uh, there's no anxiety. There's no anticipation. It's just here is where I am. I am in patience. Um, I feel patient and peace as I wait for 
or not, not wait. <laughs> Sorry, you don't wait while you're present. You just enjoy the the moment and allow it to be part of the process. Yeah, that's very instructive. Waiting is there will be a better moment ahead. So you, you're kind of becoming impatient by wishing you were in that better moment. That's 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 really quite helpful. And and you're right. When I wait in line. Uh, I'm thinking of all the things I could be doing, I'd rather be doing, and and that's that creates stress. And impatience is a stressful emotion, and and I think that when I'm waiting, and I use that word now in quotes, when I'm waiting, I'm creating stress by wishing I were somewhere, anywhere, doing anything else than what's going on in the moment. Yeah. Now, now you're saying that patience is when you, ex tell me if this is what you said, because the way I heard you say, what I heard you saying was that with patience, you you are accepting the moment as it is. That's not an easy thing to do, especially if you're in the proverbial dental chair, right? That's true. However, the reason it's not easy is because of where your thoughts and attention is going. So I think that if you are feeling that frustration that we talked about in that waiting phase uh, and you just notice where your thoughts are, pretty quickly you'll realize that if your thoughts are not in the present moment, which they rarely are, and if they're thinking about how much you need this to be over so that the next thing can start, um, just bringing awareness to those thoughts uh, is the first step of realizing that you're actually not, there is no patience arising within you. Like you're already moving on to the next thing and there has to be suffering there because you're trying to exist in a place that doesn't exist yet. So if you can notice that your own thoughts and your own attention is what's creating the suffering, not the situation itself, um, the situation where you're you know, waiting in the doctor's office or waiting online, there's not, that's neither good nor bad. It just is what it is. And your attachment to this is bad is what creates all of the resistance. So I think noticing your thoughts and then also um, trying to bring yourself into the present moment. And the best way to do that, like we always say, is to sort of bypass the thoughts and go right to the body, go right to the sensations to try and feel yourself in this moment, to feel your breathing, to feel your heartbeat, to notice uh, what you see, what you hear, what you smell. I mean, you can go through all the senses and try to list like one thing. I know that it sounds like, well, you know, why would I want to do that when, you know, I'm stuck waiting online, but it's like the perfect time to actually practice presence, to practice mindfulness, to practice peace. Um, and, and those things do take practice. So when you do find yourself in a place where you're feeling you know, frustrated or like you're waiting, instead of wasting that time, since we know you can't make it go faster, instead of feeling like you're wasting it, perhaps use it as an opportunity to practice these things that will bring you peace throughout. I'm waiting. <laughs> that was a long sentence. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, but it was, it was jam packed with good advice. Uh, but, you know, I, I was the reason I was waiting and becoming impatient with your soliloquy was no offense there mm -hmm. was because I got hung up at one point while you were talking that, OK, it makes total sense. Everything you said, if we're talking about things other than and you go back to my example in the dental chair, how do you how do you just accept the suffering? I mean, if 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 what's going on is discomfort. I mean, that's in the moment. 
So is that maybe an exception to what you're saying? Well, so you're saying if, if you're impatient while you're getting like a root canal or yeah, something? Yeah, you're impatient because you, you want to get out of feeling discomfort. Mm. Well, okay. So part of the problem probably is that your attention is on the pain because that's the most obvious of sensations in that moment. Um, but the more your attention is on the discomfort, the more discomfort you're going to feel. Okay, but let me interrupt. So, so is it okay then instead of focusing on the pain to think about when the next hour when I go home, I'm going to have a big ice cream sundae and treat myself. I mean, so you're you're leaving the present and you're doing exactly what you say you shouldn't do. And you're putting yourself in a situation that's going to happen or may happen at a future. Is this is this just one big contradiction or is it just this is a separate situation when you're in discomfort? So tough, tough question, right? Yeah, I mean, I, so I guess with my example earlier, I was thinking more of non-painful waiting processes, yeah, um, which are more common. But I think also, like I know for for a fact, when when I had dislocated my shoulder and it was, ouch, it was out of the socket for maybe two hours. So the pain was excruciating. I felt like really dizzy and nauseous, and um, it was very difficult but what the only thing that really got me any relief was focusing on the deep breath and focusing on each individual I couldn't even focus on the moment it had to be each second and so I was so heightened in my presence and allowing myself to just feel the breath moving to the other parts of my body like instead of focusing on the shoulder I was trying desperately like can I feel my toes can I feel my fingers can I feel my breath going through my nostrils like to to awaken the other parts of your body where the pain doesn't exist yeah, it actually it. was able to to redirect my yeah. attention so you've just answered my question and that is that even in distressed situations being hyper present can really be good it can help you uh, I never thought of it that way but like you said you, you were you were just and I call it hyper present by getting into the focus of the breathing and the body and the breath and and I know that you did do quite well and and I think that that's the response I was looking for is that how how does one remain present uh, and and you're right you have to harness your mind and get into that hyper present state of mind is that one way of saying it I think so. Yeah. I mean, you think, come on. It's, it is, it's a great way of saying it. <laughs> it's a great, that's a great way of saying it. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. You know, you know, what comes into mind too, is that, you know, we have to practice patience. If, if we tend to be too impatient, too quick to pull the trigger and run away from something. And sometimes, you know, when you're in line, it, it pays to be patient and not just throw your bag down and just leave it and walk out and go to another grocery store. You're just wasting more time and you're not really helping yourself reach the goal of getting the bananas and the carrots and all that stuff at home. So it pays to be patient when we can rationally decide that it pays to be patient. And I'm going to wait in this line. And I'm even though waiting is not a good thing, I'm still confused over that, but, but well, uh, I, when I, when I re-listen to this podcast, I, I, I will educate <laughs> myself better. But but when we're waiting in line, and we know that you know you know just cool it, don't go to another grocery store. The cost I'm paying right now in terms of my frustration is worth 
what I'm paying because I, I need to get this home. So, so you make rational decisions. So really, I guess what I'm talking about is that you need a bit of self-discipline and we can't just trust our impulsivity. Sometimes we have to override our impulsive desire to just say the heck with this, I'm going. And so self-discipline, right? I mean, that's an important part, right? Of patience versus impatience. Patience yeah, versus impatience, right? Right. Yeah, because I think that that feeling of impatience, like we said before, it's so uncomfortable. It's like a very intense rush almost. It's like you, you it's like you gotta get out of here. This is like I can't handle this anymore. And so it's this, it's this uh intensity that kind of comes over us. And I think that, you know, most of our instincts are to follow through with that intensity, to let it dictate what our choices are, what our thinking is, what our reactions are. But if you can practice noticing that and letting it be there, but also choosing another way, like noticing how aggravated you are, but then also seeing if you can bring yourself into this moment and understanding that like, it's not necessarily the situation that's the issue. It's the fact that you think you should be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Always, yeah, uh, yeah. It's always, you know, it always comes back to that, you know, wishing we could use our time better. Time is, I don't know, is it? I guess it, uh, you, you hit it when we first started out. You know, culturally, we we've become very impatient because we have an expectation of everything being done yesterday. Uh, I, I mean, just Amazon. I mean, that that kills me. Sometimes you order something and it arrives the same day. I mean, you know, we, we have those expectations. If we have to wait two days for something, we grumble. Uh, it's, and, and you said too before, emails, and, you know, instantaneous communication, where we, we're being trained, I guess we are being trained to be more impatient beings. I mean, in, in, in Savannah times, our ancestors, uh, they had to be patient and when they went on the hunt. They had to spend a day or two looking for the saber-toothed tiger. So they, they, they probably didn't have the same degree of impatience. You know, just going back to what you said about how culturally, you know, we're being shaped to become Im impatient beings. I mean, do you think that's the evolutionary thrust that's happening to us right now? I think in a lot of ways. Come yes. on, hurry up, hurry up, answer me, hurry up. <laughs> Give me an answer, quick. <laughs> yeah, I I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do. And I think that it's unfortunate because, you know, a lot of good things come when you're patient and when you can develop that muscle of patience. Do um, good things come when you're, as we evolve in this impatient species that we're becoming? Do, do good things come, you know, in our Dar Darwinian future? Do you see where the more impatient we become, that things will, what, improve or not improve? What happens down the road? Can you speculate a little? Mm. What do you think? I, don't, I mean, I, I would assume that like we would develop a culture that gives up a little more easily. I just read the other day that the average time a millennial will wait for a video to <laughs> download is, do you want to guess how long? <laughs> I'd say uh, 1.2 seconds. It's, it's two seconds. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was literally two seconds. And they did some sort of study. They, they found that most millennials would click off of the web browser after two seconds if the video didn't load. Wow. Do you, do you know how long uh, a baby boomer will wait? I, 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 <laughs> I, I saw a study just the other day. Baby boomers will, work, will wait 6.2 weeks 
for a movie to download. That seems a little unlikely. Where did you find this study? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying the baby boomers are used to being patient. We, if you know, we didn't have email, for example. When when I was in college, if I sent a letter home, uh, it took three or four days for that letter to get home, and a response would come two or three days later, and that that was like the speed of light for us back then. So we we've been we baby boomers have been conditioned to see the world in a much more like a thirty three and a third RPM instead of a forty five RPM, mm-hmm. and you guys are at a seventy eight RPM. Now you have no idea what thirty three forty five and seventy eight means, do you? No, I don't, but I don't know if I have the patience to find no, out the answer. You're going to have to hear this because oh, every no. baby boomer out there that's listening to this is smiling right now. 45 RPM. Do you ever see the little records in the jukeboxes? Yeah. Okay, those are 40. 45 means it's spinning at 45 revolutions per minute. Now, the bigger album records, we're talking about vinyl records now, were used to spin at 33 revolutions per minute. And then there were these medium size that when it's 78, they, they spun faster. So, mm-hmm. so when I say that baby boomers are at, at a, a <laughs> okay, seriously, any millennial listening to this is totally impatient. I'm probably turning the podcast off. <laughs> wah, wah, yeah. wah. <laughs> this is moving at zero words per minute. <laughs> It's not fair. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I guess I guess the point I'm making is that <laughs> baby boomers have been, we grew up learning to stretch things out and slow things out because that's the way the world was. We didn't have instantaneous gratification. But but if I grew up at a time where patience was judged by, by hours and days and weeks, uh, what about these newer generations where where patience is going to be judged by nanoseconds? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Does it make us better or worse? I, I I I think, and I'm prejudiced. I think it makes us worse uh, because I think that that we we have our expectations are somewhat so self centered and greedy that we want what we want when we want it and we want it now. Well, I, the I, problem too is that if you're always if you're getting instant gratification, then you're always on to the next thing. So once you get the thing you want, if it happens right away, you're on to the next thing. And so there's very little opportunity for presence and for fulfillment because you're never really fully in the moment. So you're on, you're on to the next thing, right? Yeah. Lauren, oh my gosh, it's the next thing. I forgot to tell you. Do you know what time it is? <laughs> oh, I was I, I'm thinking about the next thing. Do you know what time it is? I do know what time it is. It is, I'm going to say it right this week, self-coaching pep talk time. <laughs> it's not pop talk. I said pep talk. You said P-O-P. Well, I'm Are you father. serious? Oh my gosh. I really tried to. Yeah, I, like I messed it up though. every week. But I like that because it's self-coaching, self-coaching pop cost. Oh, like pop like my father? Pop, pop. talk. Yeah, like your father. And today's, let's get right to it. And today's self-coaching pep talk, handling impatience. If you're too impatient and your goal is worth waiting and fighting for, then dig your heels in, steal yourself, take a deep breath and stop thinking about what better thing you could be doing with your time. Stop torturing yourself and find ways to be more present. Do some meditation, relax your body and remind yourself 
that you're willing to pay the price of momentary frustration in order to reap the benefits of reaching your goal. Only you can decide if the cost of being patient is worth it. And if it's worth it, then begin taming your impatience rather than being victimized by it. You, I, I, you're so impatient. I like to <laughs> enjoy what your words are. I have to process them. Why am I? You, I am. Impatient. You just want like automatic applause right well, after well, you're wait, done talking. And after my whole soliloquy about baby boomers being more patient, look how impatient I am. Seriously, I'm a contradiction. <laughs> you are. You are a contradiction. But I am your father, so. But you are my father. So that was a wonderful pop talk. <laughs> pop talk. <laughs> That's very good, though. I like that. It's a self-coaching pop talk. You're so endearing, Lori. So you know what? Let's let's talk about reprogramming, if you don't mind. If you do mind, eh, the heck with it. But if you don't mind, let's talk about reprogramming our response to impatient. So I don't actually have a choice in this redirection. <laughs> well, go ahead. Let me give you a choice. <laughs> go ahead. Take it. Go yeah, I, it. I think I think we should we should do that. Thank you. Let's reprogram. So I don't want to, you know, be like the um, authoritative parent here and just say, Lauren, we're going to be talking <laughs> about this reprogramming right now. So just listen. <laughs> Was I, right, ever, let's do it. was I ever that way with you? Never. No, I never kind of pushed you too hard in one direction or another, right? No, okay. you should not. You're a very conscious parent. Hmm. So, so if we were to reprogram, yep. we need to realize that um, sometimes our impatience comes out of the blue and, um, and sometimes we feel it welling up. But when you get in touch with that stressful pit in your stomach called impatience, that stress that comes with that frustration. As Lauren would say, take a deep breath, right? Lauren, the old breath focus. That's mm. number one. Okay. Number two, I, I think we should identify, identify, identify <laughs> which goal is being frustrated. So if, if I'm in line at the grocery store and, and I'm being impatient because I, I'm, I'm wanting to be somewhere else, then the goal that's being frustrated is that I need to get my groceries. So we have to we have to weigh how important the goal is and therefore decide calmly and rationally whether I should try to find a shortcut and as I did before, shift, shift lines to another cash register or switch goals. You know, maybe I don't need these groceries. Or maybe we should just settle in and come to peace with that situation. Uh, I, I kind of think you're the person that would, you know, kind of settle in and come to the come to peace with yourself in a situation like that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think in that when you're coming to peace in that situation, um, you might challenge yourself to notice something that is actually rewarding about that situation. Like mm -hmm. if, if this is where you are, what is it that you can notice that you wouldn't have noticed if you weren't here? I have just like this vivid memory of being stuck in traffic on a, the Harlem River Drive when I lived in the city. And I was practicing this exact thing, um, just enjoying being patient. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that was what, that was like the goal that I had. And um, I was stuck in traffic and 
needed to get somewhere. So I was already late to where I was going. And so there were lots of like triggering things that were happening. And um, I wanted to not be in that moment. Um, but I like noticed my thoughts and then I brought my attention to my surroundings, which obviously was like a ton of cars honking at each other. But like through the cars, there was this little flower patch, like right in the concrete of the highway. And there were little flowers kind of like sticking through the concrete. And I'll just never forget it because it was such like a symbol of resilience. But I wouldn't have noticed it had I not been able to harness my thoughts and bring myself back to where I am. I'm getting impatient now. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I love that. I mean, you 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 really really uh, really struck a bell with that in in my mind, and that's and that's that when we are in any situation, and this is why you're so brilliant, Lauren. We have choices, and we have we can make a choice to get frustrated and want to be somewhere else, or we can look to read those uh, those cues around us in, in in a different way and and i think that you know that's absolutely right what you say you were in that traffic and you weren't about to concede to impatience and you allowed yourself to open up to seeing things that you wouldn't have seen it's a wonderful way to live i think i think that that's can, can we put that into a, a kind of a, a tonic now and kind of state lauren's Lauren's way for handling frustration. Would, would choice be part of that? You know, what would you say? What's Lauren's tonic for impatience? <laughs> the tonic. Uh, I would say, number one, notice the impatience. Notice your thoughts and your resistance from what is happening in the present moment. And then step two would be to actually try to root yourself in what is and release resistance. So actually try to feel yourself in that moment and notice what's around you as opposed to being stuck in your head. Because mm. once you're in your body and you're in your surroundings, it's much easier to realize like, okay, this is where I am right now. This is the way it is. And so can I find something in this moment that I wouldn't have found elsewhere? Lauren's Tonic, now available at your grocery stores in aisle six. Mm. We could bottle that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> So listen, uh, are you growing as impatient as I am to conclude this podcast? Uh, no, I'm enjoying the moment. Oh, Moments. Okay, then we need to just agree that we're going okay. to change our whole mindset regarding patience versus impatience. We're going to be a little bit more rational rather than irrational. We're going to deal with the impatience when it's appropriate. And we're going to discard those things that are inappropriate by saying, you know what, maybe this isn't in my best interest. So we're becoming more mindful. And I think that we just have to use that mindfulness to make better decisions in our life. And then if you're like Lauren stuck in traffic and you're looking at little flowers, please don't be hitting the accelerator at the same time. Ah, good point. Well, you can't if you're in a traffic jam. So, I mean, you could, but that would make for a longer situation. <laughs> So, Lauren, I want to thank you for another wonderful excursion into the millennial world of ambiguity and impatience. And, and now I'm going to ask everyone to visit our, wets, our web websites, mm -hmm. selfstudioslearning.com. I got it. I nailed it. Selfstudioslearning.com. <laughs> that is our sponsor. Lauren, uh, any word on self-studios learning this week? Or are we... 
just preparing for the next excursion. Yeah, we're getting our fall classes ready. So be sure to check it out within the next week or so. They should be uploaded and ready to go. So we'll have classes for children aged, well, grades first through 12, actually, coming what will, this fall. What will they be learning? What will they be learning? Mm -hmm. um, we will have a leadership course for the older kids. We have social skills courses for younger kids and then um, emotional dealing with with um, stress, anxiety, anger, feel uh, big feelings. What about, <laughs> big feelings. What, what about impatience? Dealing with how you feel. Actually, perhaps we'll throw that in there. There you go. Yeah. So selfstudioslearning, one word, dot com, our wonderful sponsor here at Self Coaching. And it is quite a program. So yeah, that's that's coming. I, I think it, I'll, I'll wait with impatience for the uh, the next session to begin. Hmm. Oh, and at least I forget. And visit our other website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, if you don't mind, do me a favor and check out my latest number one selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren, my 45 RPM daughter and me every week. And let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams.